Hi, everyone. Welcome to OMG Stop. I'm Krista. I'm Jamie. And today, guys, we're talking about reinventing ourselves <laughs> and how Jamie and I both have a lot of things we feel like have shifted, um, mainly in our career, but also in general throughout our 20s. We wanted to kind of dive into that today. Kind of brings together several previous topics that you may have heard on the pod, uh, but kind of brings it all to one centralized episode for you. So get ready. <laughs> Talking about, uh, there's been a lot of changes, of course, guys, we've addressed in the world, in life, in every sense of humanity <laughs> this year. And really want to talk about how um, with Jamie and I and our individual careers, how we've had to sort of shape, shift ourselves and adjust to, you know, have our jobs so relevant and have, you know, make sure we feel confident in our new roles that they've changed throughout the years, especially. Yeah. Jamie, do you want to talk about your specific situation, how you feel like you had to reinvent slash how your job changed? Yeah, so mine's not as drastic as Krista's, I would say. Um, I don't know if drastic is right if you'd use that word, Krista, but basically, <laughs> but basically what happened was I had thought I was going to be on this very traditional career path, and by that I mean I would – work for a retailer, start as like a merchandise assistant, which I did, uh, maybe, or start as an assistant buyer and just kind of work my way up to being a buyer. And I thought I, that would be my role. But due to the ever-evolving world of retail, I was then thrown from a merchandise assistant role, which is very traditional, like working with vendors, purchase orders, you know, it's very robotic, to this new world of what was called digital merchandising, site merchandising, and having to now have this mindset of not just being the buyer, but having the mindset of, I am the customer, I am the buyer, I am the visual merchandiser, I am the analytics person, having these multiple roles and having to think about retail in a different way. And my, my job didn't exist when we were in college, and this was stuff that was very, very new. I mean, I learned about briefly about Adobe Analytics when I was interning. Like, I used to work with it, and it wasn't in our textbooks at college. Like, we would have guest speakers come in and talk about it or talk about Google Analytics and all these things. And so it was very, very different. I really had to it was a really hard transition. I did do some of my old role, my new role, but especially now that I'm at a higher level than when I started, it's still like, even today, it's still kind of a hard, a hard thing to, uh, to think about. And I had to learn like how to read articles. I had to practice how to pull certain reports. I had to, I had to know what, what things like conversion rate and product views and clicks, like what do those mean? Cause they could, they're all kind of similar. And, and how do you know what's good versus bad? And, and why do we need to know these things? Like why are these things important versus just like your regular sales numbers? So, and, and to like learning what analytics is and what, what it means for th something to crawl a site and how do you look at Google analytics and how do you interpret data and like all these crazy things. Like I, I didn't know how to do those things and it's still a learning process today, especially in my role now. Like I still ask colleagues about things and I still have to ask this person, how do I read this data? How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, you know, and it's not easy. I was actually on a call with a coworker today and she was like, yeah, you just have to learn and kind of figure out how to pull data quickly and know what's 
correct and know what you're looking at and interpret it. So yeah, I had to really, really, I started, that's when I started to listening to like podcasts, reading more like business papers, like business of fashion and whatnot to see what was going on. Um, and just broaden my, my horizons. I also learned a lot from my, my boss the first time I was moved into this role because she dealt with similar stuff at her old job. So it was nice to kind of have her insight because she'd done this before and she kind of helped me to change my mindset, but it was really, it was really hard. Um, and I even tell people today, like if they want to go into digital merchandising, I think it's helpful to start in like a buying position. So you understand like that part of it before moving into the digital part because digital is just so many components. It's it's really overwhelming. And I I was really concerned at first. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is different. It's ever evolving, but this is a lot that I'm going to have to learn and know. And I don't know if I can do this, but I have. <laughs> I have. And I've and I and also through that I I moved departments. Like I went from home to beauty to shoes and all of those all those categories have different mindsets when you buy the product, when you launch the product, like it's insane. Like home beauty is kind of similar, but home, you know, you, it's stuff that you have to think about the, the fact that like home, home buys or, you know, people buy stuff that for a lot of money and it's a big purchase where beauty, it's a little more impulsive. And then with shoes, you know, there's so many brands and shoe types and, and materials and, and all these things. And like, I had never dealt with that before. So I've had to like reinvent myself. I feel like three different times. Um, and I feel like I still am reinventing myself and learning every day. And, um, and I just try and learn from my coworkers. I try and learn from my manager, me and my manager also had to reinvent herself a little bit, but yeah, I just try and learn from those around me as well as those in the industry. And I think what was also hard is that not a lot of my friends worked or have worked in the sector of merchandising I work in. So they don't really understand what I do, where their jobs, like they were buyers, they were product developers, they were product managers, like they were planners, They're very, these very traditional, very set roles. And, and I always have to explain exactly what I do and how, like how their roles integrate with mine. So Yeah. It was just like a lot. It was a lot to throw at someone who was only 24. <laughs> Jamie, but I love that. I think it's been, I know like you probably think like, oh my gosh, it's been bananas. But I think it's the best thing that you've been able to work in different categories within your job. Of course, and also within maybe the same company too, like you have to work in different, again, like different personalities almost behind, you know, what someone's looking for when they're shopping for this, you know, for bedding versus for beauty versus for accessories or shoes, mainly did shoes. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? The fact that it's just, it uses the thing, different parts of our brain. It's kind of like exciting. Probably kept it fresh for you. I'd say too. I know when you had the changes, you know, it's always really exciting. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, it's always kept it. It, yeah, it's definitely always kept a fresh mind. Um, but also to, you know, as I move teams and deal and, and we have reorganizations, I deal with different people. So you have to also reinvent your work style to, uh, to approach new people. And I also had to reinvent myself in the way that I had to learn how to deal with, with the West Coast versus the East Coast, like working, working more with internal people versus external people. My first job, I worked actually more with external people than I did with internal. And so once I moved to digital, I was only working with internal people really. I wasn't really working with anyone outside of the company. And these were, you know, you have to kind of change your email style. Maybe you have to change the way you approach 
things. Uh, so that was all very, very, very new to me. And um, especially also now that I'm training someone, I think it's hard to kind of train someone to be like, hey, so, you know, we should be wording an email like this, or we should be looking at, um, we should be looking at something like this. Um, we should be thinking about this when we make X, Y, Z decisions. So, yeah. But also because I've had to do that when I now train people, I'm like, how do I know all this stuff? <laughs> like, where did this come from? I feel like I just like pulled this out of my ass. Dude, but it's like, it, it means out of your ass, but it's also like work experience from your ass. You know what I mean? Because you've, again, like you've spent time and different, like I said, like divisions almost sort of sense. You know what I mean? It's like the amount of, I feel like we forget, especially, you know, Jane Freetures, I know you've had, you know, the same kind of, the same similar realm of the work for a while now. It's like you almost like don't realize, I feel like, until you teach somebody else how much you know, right? Kind of like yeah. I've learned over the years. You know, I did a training session on Tuesday with someone nice. and it was the second time I was doing it, uh, but another manager was sitting in with me because um, I was training like one of his people. And it's kind of crazy when he's like, wow, this is so great. This is such great info, la-di-da. And I'm like, this is literally like five years of knowledge in a PowerPoint. I can't believe, I can't believe it's all like, I can just like spit this out and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really, it's really crazy. And I think also when you, when you uh, move different positions and have that, those different experiences, it also definitely changes you as a person. I feel like I really also had to mature when every time I, I moved roles and every, every time I dealt with something new and it kind of helped me to grow up a little, a little more as the years went on. No, but I think that's awesome, Jamie. Do you think I was going to ask you a question to follow up with that? Sorry, I was like just thinking. That's why it was a pause. Um, you, do you, I was like, can she hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, just thinking and then like mental pause. Sorry, um, Jamie, you're saying so again. Like as you know, you said again. Like I know from you personally outside of obviously on here of how your job has changed in different ways because the roles you've taken on. Do you kind of maybe have an idea of what next you want to do? Maybe either like again within the digital merchandising space, or just maybe something that either you've done before you want to do more, or not specific job, but just you know what I mean. Like, would you rather do more of this or less of that, or kind of what you think maybe you haven't tried yet and you want to within kind of the change ever changing space of e-commerce? Yeah, I mean, digital's really cool. I think it would be nice to go back to a more traditional role in a way and just kind of have that balance um because i think too the way that that buyers buy merchandise for retailers has changed i think there's a lot more that they look at um you know the retail climate itself has changed and i always thought it'd be interesting to kind of go back and see how things are done uh i also would love to work in marketing that's something i have always like part of me going part of me the reason i I was going to move to LA was so that I had more exposure to other teams in our company. And my boss knew I, I at some point maybe wanted to work in marketing or social and this would kind of help me get exposure to that. So I would like influencer marketing fascinates me. And I, that's something I would love to learn more about. I know there's not a lot of legalities attached to it, but still like, if I could just shadow someone in our marketing department and learn about that, I would love that for like a day. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of looked into that, but also retail just changes 
so it changes so much. And then I've also questioned, you know, do I still want to be in retail like 10 years from now? Do I not? Do I want to go to something different? Because very recently, like one of my friends completely left the industry, went into a, went into a different industry. I've said before, like my friend, one of my friends left the industry, became a nurse. Uh, so I do know people that have left uh, after a certain point. Uh, I would like to get up to a manager level. I'm not there yet for sure. I'm not ready. But at some point, I would like to be there. Um, and I don't really want to leave the company I work for just because I, they're really great. I really believe in them. I, they're doing, I think we're doing as best a job as we can. And I have a nice benefit. <laughs> and, um, and they also, you know, they encourage people to kind of like move around and do things. And they've been really flexible during this whole work from home situation. Um, so yeah, I don't, I that don't means a lot. We'll see. I think it's key, like the company. That's a good thing for anybody. You know what I mean? Like certain values. And I know you said before too, like certain things that have happened lately that you feel, you feel um, really good about your company kind of maybe bringing up certain things to have you guys discuss within, within um, your coworkers and such. Yeah. We got election day off because they want people to go out and vote. That's amazing. Cool. That's different. They're, yeah. They are like, go out and vote. If you can vote early, go vote early. If you can work as a poll worker, work as poll worker. They, they want everyone to go out, have the day off. They know the voting lines are going to be really long. So they want to make sure people have the time to do it. Even if you work in a store, they're like, we're going to work with everyone's managers, make sure everyone has the time to do it. Uh, yeah. So they're, uh, yeah, we've had some really difficult open conversations in our company, like Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ+. Um, we, they do these, like, we do a women in business one now which is really interesting uh yeah so i that's very new i've never experienced that within the organization but it's really cool if, no matter where you work you should work for a place like you believe in because if you don't believe in them you're gonna be miserable and that's not gonna help at all <laughs> with your growth <laughs> so Fourth yeah thing. it's very true but you think as we get older you know what i mean too like as we get more and more like into like you know either further into our career slash like older in general up to the decades. I mean, you don't want to just, your job, especially I feel like in the early twenties, it's like, okay, just basic, basic functioning of like, let's get a job, let's pay our bills kind of thing. Right. And it's like the later, later we get, the older we are, the whatever time kind of passes by, I feel like then we kind of, you have, we have different wants and needs, you know? And so I think it's important definitely like for, for anyone listening to guys, like, you know, I know there's a lot of funky changes now with jobs and such, but like, if you're able to work for a company that you, you at least like really support or feel supported and you appreciate maybe the values they have and what they have to kind of, again, offer you as an only employer and employee, but also again, guys, to find out and you feel too, like working for different businesses, different companies, how much your company values their employees. That is a big thing too. I know. For yeah. People. Yeah. It's so my question for you, Krista. <laughs> I've kind of stayed in like one realm, my whole in one career <laughs> in one lane, one lane. Just um, kidding <laughs> so you, you've spoken about your career in magazines prior to coming back home to Vermont so what made you decide to full-time pursue fitness versus maybe going back into that magazine marketing lane and starting a whole new career path and reinventing yourself that way yeah so I think um, two things kind of Jamie and I love this this is so it's like a fun guys part Q&A so get ready <laughs> I love this I love you Jamie um, basically guys again yes I was working you know I said before in magazines media sales print reprint stuff inside sales you know kind of over the phone type of stuff or in person a bit in New York and I 
part of it, Jamie, when I first moved back to Vermont, guys, to have my back surgery, again, I moved back in October 2017, so actually almost three years ago now, which is bananas, but fun fact. Um, and I moved back in October because it made sense for my lease at the time, and also I was like, you know what? My surgery had already been scheduled, guys, February 1st, um, 2018, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to move back like in the holiday time. You know what I mean? So I figured let's come back home for the holidays. It gets crazy for everybody, guys. Again, all pre-COVID, but even still just like, you know, I like to be home for the holidays. I never was. When I lived in New York full-time, of course, I was only home for very short either weekends, maybe a week for Christmas, New Year's. Like I wasn't home for, you know, an extended month or multiple weeks kind of thing at any kind of point in time. So I was like, you know what? Let's just kind of get back home in October and also the way my lease kind of worked out guys and because of the job situation after our, um, I had been let go from my job and then I was trying to get another one but it wasn't happening and so that's when I made the decision to move back home my surgery was all set up and everything after a lot of phone calls and just basically I was gonna guys at first try to work a full-time job when I first moved back home for a couple different months um, before my surgery because like it was like three months maybe till surgery four months kind of thing um, and I actually had made a lot of phone calls when I was still in New York and kind of trying to coordinate stuff back here in Burlington that way, you know, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to just like come home and say, oh, life's going to work out because life isn't that easy, guys. Life isn't just like falling into place. It's not like that smooth. You know what I mean? And plus, I think just like from my background and Jamie, our schooling and whatever, just like, you know, always be prepared, man. Like always have your shit together and like do what you can to kind of, you know, connect, reach out and prepare yourself for whatever you can do to keep yourself going. So um, I actually had, Jamie, I've been teaching, I think I mentioned the pod guys before, fitness on the side while I was in New York doing surf set in New York City. Um, they actually, guys, I happened to find out there, maybe I told you before, Jamie, I'm not sure, but there was a surf set studio here, guys, of course, in Burlington, Vermont, um, that had already been, I guess, there for a while, but they didn't have active classes. So long story short, I kind of did some research again while I was in New York, contacted the owner through Facebook, actually, and was like, hey, I'm a Burlington native, I'm coming back home soon. I taught fitness, and I taught specifically surf set fitness for a year in New York City. Like, I was co-teaching, then I ended up teaching kind of like, not my own classes, but I was like heavily involved in a lot of the programming for classes, and managed the studio for a week before I moved, um, before I came back home, and happened to have a phone call with um, this guy who owned the fitness studio that actually had some surfboards here, like surf set surfboards here in Burlington. So I had set up all of that while I was still in the city, all right before I was moving, kind of like scrambling to get everything together, ending my, not life, that sounds really terrible and drastic, but kind of ending, you know, my like part of that, like, oh, chosen life to be away from home and all my friends and people I became so close with all seven years there and going on my own and follow law. So before I was doing all that and saying goodbye, I was trying to also coordinate my butt when I came back home. I knew I couldn't work full-time, guys, and couldn't, meaning I didn't think it would have worked out or have been fair to be like, hey, I'm applying for a job right now. It's a holiday season. I'm only available for three to four months, and then I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Jamie's like a weird pickle. point. Right, Jamie? So it's like, again, I'm not someone, guys, Jamie knows me too to vouch for this. Like, again, pre-surgery and life, whatever, I've never been someone who's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, sit down and relax. Life's, life's going to feed me. I'm going to have money coming in. No, like, I have expensive needs. i got to fucking work. Come on. You know what I mean? Krista <laughs> doesn't know how to relax. <laughs> I love Jamie's face. You guys, the fact that you can't see the video of this makes me so sad sometimes because Jamie's a face. <laughs> okay, sorry. So good. But basically, again, I do me again. The, the gist of it, guys, is that I wasn't planning on coming home and just like, you know, living on free with my family, pre-surgery, whatever. I was like, listen, let me try to work part-time while I could because I was like, I can't work full-time because I can't be just like then dropping off of a full-time job in a couple months. So in addition, guys, to kind of 
connecting with the Surf Set Fitness operation here in Burlington, I had applied to work at Athleta, actually. Um, Athleta, the retail store, guys. I never did like clothing retail before. I always did food retail, like food jobs in New York City and back in Vermont before, like in high school and everything. So I set up all of this, guys, kind of all before I moved back home, actually, before I had even exited <laughs> the 212 zone of New York and 917 and all those things. Um, and so that way, when I came back, I was like, hey, I can, you know, work part-time. Here we go. I actually end up, like, working at Athleta um, here. I think it was, like, four to six days a week or so, kind of depending, you know, taking up more shifts. Again, guys, the idea was to work as much as I could before surgery, but also I was teaching fitness. I ended up having that workout. I could teach classes twice a week, kind of managed it all on my own here, which kind of happened on accident because I wanted Jamie obviously be able to carry on fitness while I was doing it in New York and to here in Vermont. But the fact that, guys, again, I hadn't taught my own classes yet, so it was like a whole new world. This studio, guys, in Vermont, like I used to work for like the basically the master trainers in New York. His husband and wife worked with the literally the creators of the Surf Set Fitness brand, which is international. The fact that this person here, basically, they just got certified online, not in person the way I did. Like it's just, it's a different kind of mentality. So adjusting to all that, working at Athleta part-time, and basically my main focus and objective, I guess I'd say, for like, August, sorry, October 2017 to like, January 2018 was purely to take care of my health and fitness. To, I wanted to go into surgery like feeling as healthy and strong as possible and just like keep up myself. I'd always been physically, I think, healthy in New York, but not like the food wise. I wasn't taking care of myself. So that's why I kind of got more Jamie the health zone back when I first moved home before surgery. And then, guys, again, I was working, like I said, some retail, like I said, for a bit in the holidays, especially it was busy. So it was good money because they needed more help. Also, and it was like crazy busy at Athleta um, at the location that we had in our downtown area. I was teaching surfs twice a week, which is awesome. So, again, being able to kind of continue with the fitness thing. At that time, Jamie, my brain never even went to fitness full-time. I think I was just kind of thinking, oh, this is so fun. I loved it so much. Like, after I started teaching kind of, again, creating my own classes and, like, honestly, just basically the owner guys of the place, he was like, okay, um, you're teaching class here, and he's like, peace out. Like, I basically had a key to the studio, which was beautiful. Like, I kind of, like, owned it myself, the space. Almost, like, rented the space from him, if that makes sense. I wasn't paying for it, but I was kind of like, okay, had a key. Come on in. I set up all the boards. Half time, he, he, he would make a lot of promises. Unfortunately, it didn't go through. He'd be like, yep, I'm going to pay you this and that. He'd take a pay cut out, even though we didn't really discuss that in the contract we had signed. Anyways, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there. It's very difficult, guys, again, basically. I've been screwed a lot in life. A lot of us, I think, have. But that's the hard part, I think, Jamie, too, when you're not working for a corporate organization, guys. When you do kind of like independent contractor work or you do like side jobs in fitness, whatever, and you don't own the place and you don't like get to own kind of your your job, it's it gets very funky. You know what I mean? Even after you discuss guys and sign contracts, it's just there's so much shade in business, you know? I know from sales a bit, but it's still, it's like a different, different ball game. So anyways, I did that, like I said. Basically, guys, February 1st, 2018, I mentioned briefly, I think, again, I had my eight-hour, like seven hours and change, um, scoliosis surgery. And again, guys, coming out of it, I uh, experienced multiple mini strokes. So when I woke up, I couldn't open my eyes for a couple days. I couldn't really see. My left arm was numb. I couldn't, like, lift it. Basically, I lost circulation in it. My left leg felt very heavy. Um, I could still walk with assistance because my vision was blurry, but, like, I could physically move fine but I ended up being in the hospital I think I mentioned before for like basically a month it was like three weeks had to do a lot of um post-op rehab to go back into the hospital to do separate physical therapy as well as occupational therapy to reconnect the neurology between um like my like my arms and um my my vision my, my brain to my body 
the whole thing. So around that time, obviously, going through all that and the intense, just different adjustments to life I had, being back at home and going through surgery. At that time, Jamie, after surgery, guys, I was like, okay, I clearly can't go back to a desk job right now because I always experienced, guys, actually a lot of desk pain, back pain, sorry, at desk jobs in the past. Um, I mean, as Jamie knows me, I don't sit still often, but also, guys, before surgery, like, my back, <laughs> my back, I had a lot of back pain. Like, thankfully, I guess my friends maybe wouldn't notice it. Like, I was always active, but I kind of am an extremist in certain ways, but for me, I just know the more I moved, the better I felt. And that was pre-surgery, et cetera. Beyond just like I helped my mind and my high-functioning high anxiety, whatever, overproductive kind of personality, um, the fact that for me, if I would sit still longer, I became really stiff and my back pre-surgery really hurt. That's not the case the same degree now, but that was always a problem before. And now it's just more so in general, I feel better and I feel like I know what I'm doing when I'm moving. It's all like a weird post-stroke thing, I guess, of how my brain functions. But the fitness kind of became a full-time because after, guys, a lot of my recovery and very extended um, rehab, unfortunately, I, um, be, I then enrolled um, through the Institute for Integrated Nutrition to become an uh, integrated nutrition health coach. So I did that online program for a year, guys. But I believe it was – oh, my gosh, missing up timeline of life. Basically, the summer after my surgery, I couldn't really work, Jamie, at all. I think I started to work a little bit at Athleta, maybe a day or two a week, but it was very minimal, guys, because, again, I told you it was a whole new world where I couldn't drive myself at this point anymore. I was going through driver rehab lessons because of my vision, A. B, I was still getting my strength back because, again, I taught surf set at the location here in Burlington literally the night before my surgery, which is crazy. Like, I taught, Jamie, yeah, I was like at 5, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., I finished teaching, and I had surgery the next morning at, like, 7 a.m. You know what I mean? Like, I was clearly very healthy and strong and fine. I came out of surgery afterwards not being able to see well, and I felt very, very fragile. I kept getting sick. I couldn't keep down medicine. I ended up losing 15 pounds at some point, 12 pounds, 15 pounds, same difference, you know, and all my surgery craziness because – I mean, it's, I guess it's not uncommon, guys, with my scoliosis surgery. Um, my surgeon said people tend to kind of lose weight because you gain two inches when they correct your well, – my spine specifically, I gain two inches. When your body, guys, is stretched, of course, you kind of lose weight because it gets distributed differently. You know what I mean? So anyways, the gist of all that is um, basically because of my surgery and how that all happened afterwards, um, several months after, once I started to feel – almost sort of fine to a I felt okay being around people because at first guys I was very self-conscious because I was very fragile looking and I've never been in a sex it wasn't like a health issue at all like a health eating disorder or anything it was purely like post-surgery trying to eat again my digestion had been flipped upside down with my spine guys I didn't just have back surgery they also went in the front like up my abs on an angle, like a crazy shark bite, which sounds so cool and it looks pretty good, but um, it's very uncomfortable. It took a lot of healing, so I couldn't digest things the right way. So basically then I ended up working at the gym that I was at most recently for the last year or so, um, a little bit after that and stuff, and um, that's when I started to kind of work with clients teaching fitness on a more full-time basis, I guess, Jamie, and that's when I was doing working guys group fitness classes in different ways in water and on land with actually various clients who have either gone through different um, surgeries or have different um, underlying physical conditions or kind of disabilities in certain ways where they're not fully capable to move as maybe everybody else kind of the majority would be. So they a lot of them have special needs and special kind of sensitivities to their body, and I felt really good being able to help them because I felt good not only doing the job, it was also helping me recover as I was teaching them. So it was amazing. 
But um, I think, Jimmy, the fitness thing totally happened on accident, you. Honestly, because at that time, not to go into detail about all this, like, saga, but um, there were several jobs that I tried doing after surgery for short periods of time, which unfortunately didn't work out. Um, some of them that included, like, um, like, a front desk at a coffee shop or, like, front desk of um, – a fitness studio kind of thing, or I did a couple other kind of like computer-related type of stuff aside from teaching fitness and doing social media for um, the gym I also used to work at. And I did a little bit of admin stuff there, but it, there was like difficulty with my brain since the strokes, unfortunately. I like wasn't able to keep track of things as well as I used to. And um, again, guys, I used to be executive assistant to the publisher of Women's Health Magazine for 14 hour days. Like I'm not afraid of running around with 9,000 things on the, t- on the, on the, on the mind, but after my surgery, it's just different. So I've had to really, I think, more so just like learn to adjust. I'm still learning to adjust almost three years, almost two, almost three years out from surgery. Does that make sense? I'm false. It's three years home. Then it'll be yeah, three years in, in three years in February of my surgery. So I'm still learning, guys. Now my new capabilities. It's like again, Jamie and I have discussed before how we've kind of had to like change throughout as industries have changed. We said before post-graduation, but the fact that, guys, again, I never planned to jump ship from magazine publishing or any kind of, like, media-related job, sales in general, totally in the opposite direction, going to, like, purely health and fitness, even though I've always been interested in that, I always saw that as, like, a side thing, but even so, ideally, I'd kind of like to have, like, a normally job, kind of, with a corporation benefits and all these things, um, and then kind of maybe do teaching on the side, but again, my current my current options are limited um, because of things. And so um, I'm doing basically fitness full time, um, which is great, I guess. It's just, um, it's been, it's still like hard to adjust to the changes. It's just, like you, know, you said too about before how you said, there's just so many perks, guys, to being, you know, there's so many pros and cons, to, right? Like being your own boss, entrepreneur in a kind of sense, compared to working for another company, especially for a nice corporation with the health benefits and the PTO, and especially health insurance, depending on how that works for you. And then, it's just totally different when, um, I mean, I know when I worked with the co-founders of Surfset New York City, the fact that their whole their whole business was their life and their job, which I respect that to the moon, but it's also very hard, guys, you know, especially when I don't have my own, I mean, I have a, my own business, but not in that kind of sense. Like, I have kind of, like, various things I do under my own umbrella, but it's it's just, it's, sometimes it's almost too too hard. Like, Jamie, you are saying, too, about how you felt like some of your friends couldn't relate to the position you were working in. Like, that's the hard part, I think, too, with, like, when your job is so almost maybe um, uncommon or maybe even though, like, it's very common now, I feel like just the fact that to change such a, like, rigid set schedule organized, especially being type A and Capricorn Rising, I'm like, give it to me. But um, I like doing it all on my own, but it's just, it's really hard when it comes to guys, um, financial stability. It's very hard to kind of have to go about it on your own. And the fact that, as Jamie knows too, like I love that I get to now how I've expanded some fitness stuff and some additional certifications that I've earned to teach my, some of my friends. It's always so much fun, but it's also hard because I don't want to mix like friends with payment and I don't want my friends to come because I want their money. It's like, I don't use them for the money. That's the thing, Jamie. Yeah. And it's like, that's what doesn't come into play guys in most people's normal jobs. And that's the hard part now, especially in a pandemic, especially when I don't care if I live in Vermont now or whatnot, like majority of my close friends are still located in New York, even though I've been home for three years. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. And I think also, Jamie, like, I feel like maybe you haven't said before, but I know I feel like a lot of our changes, I'm almost glad, Jamie, that, you know, your mild adjustment and change in my shift happened before this, before this year, honestly, 
Because oh my god, yeah. Jimmy, because honestly, I know someone and you do too that I believe they had like a solid job for the longest time. They had been slowly transitioning into doing more fitness full time. And I know one person, I think a few others too, who have started to do, and some of them made a bold shift just as everything was happening right now, like with coronavirus and life and such. Again, kudos to them. And I totally feel for them because I am still in this like underground bucket trying to get to sea level to try to feel stable of myself, like money wise. You know what I mean? To feel like, yeah, like for my job and anyone, guys, again, who's, I mean, who have been furloughed during this time or those who have, you know, have been laid off permanently or whatnot. They've had to maybe also, again, people I know are going back to school for different reasons, different things. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very overwhelming, guys, regardless of your age, I think. And I know the older we get, the scarier it is. Yeah. I think it's also, oh, sorry, my Apple Watch thing. He <laughs> <laughs> has your Apple Watch. Uh, no, it's a good thing. <laughs> I love my Apple Watch. Um, I think it's also daunting in general to reinvent yourself as you get older. I was just thinking about how, um, like, when I, I know I've spoken about it before, like, when I was 25, like, I lost a lot of weight, and then I gained a lot of weight back, and then I recently, like, lost a lot of weight again, and things don't get easier as you get older. It's harder to change careers. It's harder to go back to school. It's harder to try new things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's, yeah. And also, owning your, owning your own business, oh, my gosh, like, I just can't even imagine like you like you work for yourself especially the surf set people i mean they manage a studio they've put a lot of money into their business you know that's and yeah like you said it's their life it's not like the wife or the husband is managing it and then they one of them has another job they're both in it to win it yes and they have a kid yes which is beautiful because like uh, the best people and the most deserving of like happiness and they're, they're amazing they're just, their daughter is really cute <laughs> and they are the nicest people i have to say i took a few surf set classes uh in new york and aaron and diana are like two of the nicest people you will ever meet and their classes are fantastic jamie you know that too because also guys again like i told you me i know from being on the inside but the fact that again guys i've spent i told you i can't even jamie i told you put into words like the amount of hours i've spent by choice being i told you in that studio i told you again like a when i opened it and closed it managed it for a week i told you by myself like some of the other instructors would kind of help me close but like i basically did it myself and they helped me a little bit it was pretty simple but again like i worked very i told you hands-on directly with the, the founders like i said i actually have a keychain on my keys from them they gave me the thank you goodbye gift from that which is so sweet they had like hand cards when they went to disney last it's so beautiful it starts to nyc on it but um they're amazing i love them so much um Again, the fact that I know guys, again, from their story, Jimmy, because they both had previous jobs in the industry. And I know that actually is a case, too, for, I think, several other fitness professionals. I think, actually, you know, probably some here, I'm sure, in Vermont, but I know a lot, especially in New York, Jimmy, because of the scene that I knew of through friends and my own experience in fitness in the city of how a lot of people, guys, had one career for a set amount of time, and they segued into maybe owning their own fitness, and they're kind of taking their side hustle into a full-time. And again, guys, even though I feel like, Jamie, you know, maybe even more so guys now for people that are younger kind of going up in the ranks now of life and deciding, oh, it's totally normal to like jump ship and have your own business. Just because guys has been done more and more does not mean it's easier. You know what I mean? It's definitely, Jamie, I say more common. I think people are kind of starting to kind of make maybe the drastic changes or doing one thing for a set number of time and then pause, segue, ooh, this changed their mind, you know? I mean, my mom kind of did that. She left television when I was born. She didn't, she quit her job basically. Yeah. Raised me. I mean, not to say my dad didn't have a part. My dad definitely did, but my dad worked quite a lot of hours, even though he was a teacher. My dad retired. He had to reinvent himself. He was kind of like, okay, what do I do with my time now? And then my mom went back to working, reinvented herself, started working in medical. Recently, um, she is going to be leaving 
medical. Um, she's just kind of had it. <laughs> and she went into theater and started doing theater, you know, um, or my dad even reinvented himself when I was getting ready for my bat mitzvah. He became more religious and started going to the temple more and learning more and getting more involved. So, yeah. I, when, and also, too, when you were thinking, when I was thinking about, I don't know if you've had this in AMC, but a lot of the merchandising professors had worked in the industry for a really long time and didn't necessarily want, want to leave, but then becoming professors was a way for them to kind of like semi-retire, but also still be involved uh or some of them did leave have children and then being them becoming professors because of their resume like was an easier way of them to kind of like have a balance in their life i don't know if you found that in amc as well yeah i think that's like an in general ufit thing but i think i mean i'm sure maybe for design programs i don't know but no definitely for business program you yeah ton of my core amc professors that i love so much and they were amazing amazing that i had um especially the tough ones <laughs> i love them even though their classes were very hard and very stressful um anyways good people a lot of them jamie i think similar to what you mentioned either i think a lot of them like one of my in particular i'm thinking of she had her own like marketing company on the side and she, I know would still kind of consult, I guess, and maybe oversee a lot of business. But again, I'm not sure I know the different titles of professors and whatnot, full-time, part-time, whatever kind of thing, Jamie, with faculty and staff wise. But oh yeah. Like the assistant professors are really like the adjunct professors. And then there's also, there's a, so, and then there's associate. I think the associate professors are more like full-time. Yeah, so I'm saying it's like, again, I know guys, again, like Jamie, she just said, but it's true, guys, again, for, again, another amplification about FIT being so different, unique, like Jamie and I are. Um, our education, guys, again, our professors very much, you know, I think most of them, Jamie, either they had retired, of course, from after being in the industry for a set amount of years, or depending on, again, their situation, they, like you said, kind of maybe started to become a professor to kind of like lessen their daily workload, but then maybe still work a little bit in the industry. I think it kind of depends again on their age, their health, their own mental, you know, stability to kind of do it all. Because I know, again, guys, a lot of grueling hours. I know for um, different professors, I know for sure. Um, some of them that especially I know would work a lot. Some of them, Jamie, again, maybe we discussed before when we did the episode of like where you met in college and stuff, but a lot of mine honestly came from Connecticut or different places where they would drive in every day. And I don't understand how. I just, dude, our, they were talking like two-hour commutes, like no joke. Yeah, I had a lot of professors who lived on Long Island, uh, or I had one professor, the professor I went to London with, he actually had apparently this like beautiful house um, in Kingston, New York, which is like pretty far from New York City, and he would take the bus like to and from, like he taught at Marist, because my friend had him, two of my friends had him at Marist College, and then he taught at FIT like a few days a week, and then he ended up going, did the London study abroad with me, but yeah, he had like a huge long commute, and another, like one of my, another professor I knew, she, um, she lived in Westchester, and she ended up moving like back to Manhattan, yeah, a lot of these professors didn't live in the city. <gasps> that yeah. did, like you said, I think it's true too, Jamie, some of our professors, yeah, they, they teach at different universities, like different colleges. Yeah. One of my favorite professors taught, well, I'm assuming she still teaches at FIT, and she teaches at Parsons, and she does the Kent State Visiting Program. She teaches at three different schools. You guys, again, do you think that you need to think? You guys, if this isn't explained in a nutshell of why Jamie and I maybe are so, like, mentally zippy and, like, need a bazillion things going on. Just kidding. <laughs> Jamie, but it's true when you think about it, you, not like we are molded, but it's like, you guys, when you go through, like, you know, the, pre the required school, right, like, up until high school, graduation, whatever, 
maybe like the essential, you know, kind of like education, whatever. You guys, until you get to college, it's like those people don't maybe I feel like, you know, it's new to shape us when we're younger in school for sure. But I know in college, it's just like a different animal because we have like three hours and one class, one professor. But some of them, you know, Jamie and I would have guys probably multiple semesters, different times of the year, depending on the curriculum and such required for our major. And it's just like, yeah, the fact that these professors are juggling Jamie so much too, it's like that you guys honestly is the pure ethos of FIT is like yeah. how you fit into your life schedule. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll mention quickly a small business. Um, there's a really adorable small business in Brooklyn, Annie's Blue Ribbon General. It is run by uh, Ann Cantrell and she's a professor at FIT. She just got promoted. I saw on LinkedIn. She, <laughs> she teaches at FIT and runs her own business. Dude. I mean, I feel like, yeah. I Full time. I love that. Dude, I believe that. I feel like some of the ones that I had, even for like liberal arts, honestly would do that. And I was always like, oh, okay. Like cool stuff. Like random little things. Yeah. 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 I I took a theater class and I think the guy, my professor was also like directing some stuff, like very off, 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 off Broadway stuff. Or we went to go see a show like his friend directed as like a project. Yeah. They all have very, very lively careers. I mean, look at Valerie Steele, the director of the museum. She's the director of the museum, but she has written books. She contributes to different columns. She's constantly interviewed. Oh my God. She's so nutty, but I love her. Like I feel like Jamie, I think I passed her a few times and I was like, oh my God. Like it's like a, I thought it was a big deal. Cause I She's like, very nice. Jamie, will you talk to her before? Like, I just feel like I, um, someone we worked with in student ambassadors, like yes. did work study for her and said she was like, so lovely. She always, she, like, if you said hello to her, she would say hi to you. She was always just like a very, very lovely, like calm personality. So I made herself, she made herself known, but you like, but you just knew who she was. And she, she was cool. so cool. Because I was a freak about the MFIT stuff. Like back when I was in high school, I was like, looking at it and I was like, oh my God, to be at the museum at FIT. Like stop. I thought it was so cool. It was. I used to pop in that museum all the time between classes. Are you kidding? I oh, love yeah, seeing the same. new exhibits. There's a podcast <gasps> called Dressed. And two of the girls, I think there are two curators at the museum at FIT that, that do this podcast. Jamie, I did not... Dude, are you kidding? I get those emails. And they talk about different, like, different times in fashion. It's very good. Ooh, it's called Dressed. Okay. Maybe I saw that briefly in the email, but I didn't see it. Okay. Thank you. Just making notes. We can link it. In the yeah, episode. we'll link it in the bio, guys, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I guess, I mean, maybe Any? we'll each say one final thing. Oh, sorry, is that what you are going to say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> sorry, I'm just saying, like, if we wanted to kind of, like, close out, I guess. I know it was an abbreviated kind of episode, guys, for um, our job stuff, but or life reinvention. But maybe, Jamie, I guess, what is – let me see. We can maybe, both maybe answer the same question, too, if you have one. I'm trying to think, like, some main thing of – I was going to say I don't think there's ever, like, a right time to reinvent yourself. I think you just have to go for it. I think, guys, maybe, Jamie, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like, I think the best time actually is – don't that's something you can't plan for I mean I think honestly I don't care how crunchy this sounds this is life dude and it's real you know what when you don't want to change life will freaking change on you okay that's what I'm telling you and I'm saying that because again I've always been very much like let's plan life out let's have it all make sense I feel like again so many different hurdles whatnot life roller coasters I've been thrown on since being 25 Jamie said no and I both discussed guys big 25 um, years for us in general quarter life crisis of things and um, the fact that guys again it's just it's I think it's very important for us to all continue to keep learning about ourselves and kind of like you know it's great guys to obviously always have your side passions hobbies and whatnot to keep yourself you know maybe balanced out from your job if you so feel that way but I think also 
it's never going to be easy. It's always going to be scary. And Jamie said, never going to be, I think, a time, guys, where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm so comfortable right now. This is a great time to change. Like, no. I feel like it's almost like, guys, until, you know, Jamie, beyond your control, maybe, you know, positions are being changed, maybe being adjusted, and jobs being cut. So you're like, okay, let's adjust. You know what I mean? It's like, you, I had, like, no other choice. You know what I mean? Again, like, I'm happy-ish, but it's just, you know, it's still kind of tough to navigate um, change. I feel like I'm still kind of, like, fresh in a – in a TBD of like which part of the seesaw I should fall down on. I don't know. It's just like strange life right now in general. But yeah, guys, I think definitely just like be open to the fact that I didn't know in college or ever think that like, oh, even though everyone tells you you're young and naive, you're like, oh no, what I decide to do is gonna it's gonna work out for me. Yo, don't don't shut up. You know what I mean? Like I got this. <laughs> but yeah. no, no, no. I think Jamie, it's just the fact that um, to be open to unexpected events to come up and to shift and to like um, shift your career different directions and not be so scared of that, even though it's very hard. Yeah. I think that's kind of key. Absolutely. I agree with that. Okay, guys. Jamie G, you want to say, guys, our favorites for the week. Sure. Favorites. Okay, my first favorite Look, is people who watch Housewives. I know you are all sleeping on Real Housewives of Potomac and you don't think it's necessary to watch it because you're too into New York or Beverly Hills or OC, let me tell you all. Real Housewives of Potomac is where it is at. <laughs> so it's on and it's on it's on Sundays. I know it's a weird time too for Housewives because Beverly Hills was on during the week and New York was on during the week. You know, for Housewives to be on on a Sunday it's kind of weird. Uh, but if you guys just need to watch it, you can watch it from like season three on if you want to start it, but it is so freaking good. And the scandals that happen on the show, the drama these women bring, <laughs> each, week, each week something happens. Each week there has been a to be continued. That's how good it is. <laughs> Love it. Love a good cliffhanger, Jamie. <laughs> so good. So good. So that's my TV show favorite. Uh, my food favorite this week is, do you, Krista, do you know what Malamars are? Okay, those marshmallows? It's like, they're, it's, it's basically like a marshmallow on top of a biscuit covered in chocolate. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Wait, Jamie, weren't those used for what's it called in the city? Some, like, event. Or, no, that was a Vermont thing. I'm sorry. There was something oh. called, like, what's it called, Jamie? Whatever the name of those are, like, not Malamar or something other kind of name for it. There was some Ben and Jerry thing about it years ago. Okay, continue. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I would mention them because my dad, they're actually like kind of expensive if you don't get them on sale, but they are, they were on sale. So my dad bought like a ton of boxes of them because we <laughs> love them in our house. And I just wanted to mention them because they're a really freaking good cookie. And uh, when I went to London, they make like a giant version of a Malamar and they call it a tea cake and it comes in this orange box and they're literally like oversized Malamars. <gasps> oh my God. So good. They're so good. Um, Elf, Jamie. <laughs> with the oh, I could I could eat a whole box. My dad's like, do you want to take a box home to your apartment? I wanted to be like, Dad, don't do that. I will eat the whole freaking box. Um, okay. I also wanted to. Kristen mentioned Duolingo. I'm gonna mention Duolingo this week. I've been really loving it. Um, really been helping me improve my Spanish. Stop! Oh my God, I love it. You're still using it too. Yeah. I was going back between Spanish and French. Then my mom was like, mm, "You probably should just stick to like one language. Let's let's not go back and forth." Because I was telling her how hard French is. Uh, my mom took French for a long time, but I like Duolingo. And then I have two uh, clothing favorites. I always have a lot of favorites, guys. I'm sorry. I just love things. Uh, today. So. <laughs> 
So my first favorite is, it's kind of a pricey favorite, but I think it's a good investment. And that is a Longchamp tote. And the reason I say this, I'm oh, sorry, what, Krista? You've always loved it. I'm saying, yeah, I feel like you've always, I feel like, I feel like you make yours last you. Anyways, continue. So it's super worthy. Yes. I, I wanted one in high school, uh, but I ended up getting like a different bag. Uh, I finally bought one a few years ago. And what I love about them is they're super, super, super lightweight. They come in all colors of the rainbow, different sizes. However, the one downfall they have is the longer you use them, the corners do fray. And I did actually end up getting like a hole in mine. My mom was able to sew it up, but it's just such a great lightweight bag, especially for the summer and spring months. Like they're just so lightweight. They fit so much. And also the inside is kind of lined. So like one time I spilled contact solution in the bag and it didn't ruin the bag. Like I just took a paper towel and wiped it and it was, it was great. Um, so I've been using that bag while I'm home because it's just, it's great. I would suggest though getting an organizer maybe to put in it because it is kind of like a black hole. Uh, so that's just one thought. And then my other clothing favorite is uh, the Allbirds like slipper looking shoes. I, I do, I've, they have been like my go-to work from home shoes. They're so comfortable. They're great to wear all year round. I've worn mine in the summer. I thought about buying like a newer pair of them because I love mine so much and they're a little dirty, uh, but man, do I, they're, they're $95, but you will be very happy that you spent that $95. They're fantastic. Are those your shoes, Jenny, that look like Tom's kind of? I guess so. They look like grandma slippers. Oh, no, stop. They're cute, though. Yeah. They have, like, they have a new version that looks like a sneak. That's not really, like, all wool. It looks like more of a sneaker. They've made them to look more like a sneaker, uh, but I love them so much. My coworker has a pair, too, and, like, we used to wear ours to work and, like, not care. (laughs) Jimmy, I feel like you always have a cute little slip on. I I feel like you have a cute little feet. I feel like that, like, makes sense for you, like, as a human. Like, it looks really good on your feet. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm serious. What are your favorites? No, but no, I know <laughs> you were excited about saying when the store opened too. Like, stop. Like, I love that place. Yes, I I waited to buy them because I was looking online at the reviews and everyone was right. I actually had a size up in the shoe and I never have to do that. My feet are so small, but I actually had a size up to a six. Uh, and I made sure to like try them on that I like them. This is when they only had like two styles of shoes out. And now they have like a pair of flats. You can get lace up sneakers. They have so many different uh versions of all birds now they're so great and they're they're like you know they're kind of like tom they're the warby parker of of shoes um they're awesome i like that comparison wait that's a good jamie kind of like analogy there oh that's fun what do you mean i love okay so you have a good variety today um i mean i guess i have a good variety wait okay i have some things on here that i don't think i've mentioned to you yet which like side thing but anyways okay quick things okay boom so guys um this is like little shout outs i guess but one of my favorites for me this week has been um, there's a type of kombucha here. I guess it's locals of Vermont. I'm assuming only. It's found at our farmer's market. Um, the brand is Sober Mesa. It's literally a husband and a wife and they have a cute little kid. Anyways, they're really sweet. And the booth of kombucha, guys, the flavor that I've been loving that, I, mean, I think you'll, I think I told you before, like off pod, but there's a flavor of kombucha, guys, that they sell. It's like farm to ferment. It's kind of like their brand. Um, it's apple, it's a uh, cider chai kombucha. It's so yummy, you guys, because A, it's fall. It makes sense. You know what I mean? B, you guys, I find Jenny with their kombucha again, guys. I may have mentioned before or whatnot, again, being gut health specialized slash I support kombucha, but I was not a kombucha fan for the longest time. I jumped on that boat. It seems so late because I feel like I had friends back in Ben and Jerry days when I was in high school drinking kombucha. I was like, what the heck is this? But I was never in a kombucha in New York at all. I never understood it. I was like, ew, it smells sour. I don't get it. It's like alcohol. you like, ew, I don't do that. Nah, 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 nah. 
honestly, finding the right kind, guys. Paige, I mentioned before that again, I like guys. Um, I've gotten, I love um, Brew Doctor Kombucha, which is random, but it's like a fun little list. Revive Kombucha is awesome from Thrive Market. And their brand, Sober Mesa, guys, like it's not sour. It's just like it's very smooth. The glass bottle is so nice. It's a very pleasant experience. And it's a really yummy kombucha. The fact that it's local, I wanted to share because like it's fun, guys. Um, if anyone's in the area listening and likes the Burlington Farmer Market, they're, I think, ending in a few weeks. But they have usually two different kind of flavors a week, and they keep having this one flavor. And I tried it um, the first time in this last week. They had a separate flavor yesterday, but I didn't like the way it sounds, so I got this one again because I was like, okay, it's tried and true. But guys, cider chai, I love a chai, and it's like apple cider, but it's a chai, and it's a kombucha, so it's like, it's just as fun, because it, it doesn't have, guys, the same, I feel like, intense, Jamie, like acidity that most kombucha will have, which is really nice, it's smoother, easy, I think, in general, on the gut, so fun little favorite, guys, of the week, um, that's that. Also, Jamie, I think I mentioned maybe before just to you, but I'm not sure about on the pod. There's a brand, guys, from Thrive Market. Again, this will be linked in um, in the in the show notes as well. But um, the brand Gaia Herbs, it's like G-A-I-A Herbs, they have elderberry immune support gummies from Thrive Market. I think I mentioned before, guys, about elderberry. Elderberry, guys, I feel like is kind of a buzzy type of thing. They can come, guys, in different, like, drops. Like, I have elderberry syrup drops, and you can get elderberry gummies and such. Basically, guys, it's a very potent, I guess, say, it's a great health thing that is used either in supplements or vitamins that elderberry guys, when used or people will have it in tea and all this stuff, it's great, guys, for immune support. You guys, we're still in a pandemic. Everyone's immune system is still shot to shit. And also, friends, for those of you who have been hiding in your houses due to anxiety and your own fears and because of the virus, I understand you. I feel you. I hear you. But if we don't interact with other people and exchange germs, we're all going to die. Because you're, you're, you're not going to be able to, like, your defense mechanisms, your, you know, your immune system. Also, still need to get your flu shot. Oh, my God. That's true, Jimmy. That's true, too. Yes. Just, just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean the flu season is not going to happen. Yes. And also, guys, I'm not saying, Jamie, I love that you mentioned that. Thank you. That's a good PSA. But also, guys, again, I'm not saying, like, oh, eat this and then don't want to take care of your health. No, I'm just saying, guys, in addition to, again, taking care of yourself, sleeping, water, eating, life, as you do, it's just great, guys. I'm saying that, again, things with elderberry you might be seeing, again, around coming out this time of year because, again, maybe it's more of, like, a seasonal thing, but it's around all the year rounds. Mainly found, I guess, in like health food stores or whatnot. Again, Thrive Market has these, and they're great gummies. I have not purchased until now, and they're fun. Jimmy almost has like a blackberry raspberry flavor to it. Like it's very subtle, kind of grapey. Nothing weird. You know what I mean? And honestly, guys, you just like take two gummies a day, or you can do the drops in your water. It's up to you. But just again, by incorporating elderberry into maybe like your diet in subtle ways, it can just help, guys. Again, you want to have good immunity to like be able to resist and fight off any kind of bacteria and viruses coming around because shit, it's happening soon. <laughs> not to get bad about it but you know I think everyone's kind of still in a like oh my god it's actually fall now kind of thing and so I'm trying to help you out friends again a little extra support with these immune gummies if you're interested so that's one of my favorites Jimmy this week because I'm excited about them and then um okay a brief briefly few more okay um Jimmy I mentioned you before but not in the pod guys outdoor voices if I haven't shared my love for them guys outdoor voices specifically their exercise dress teaching fitness guys 305 fitness specifically I love working out in a dress because it has shorts underneath. A, so it's safe to do anything and no one's going to get hurt or be confused. Um, but also the fact that it is so comfortable, Jamie. And my new polka dot one specifically, it's like a dark guy's kind of black, blue, navy looking kind of thing with polka dots. It looks like Minnie Mouse, but not like in the Disney kind of way. I don't know. It's just like cute and fun. 
it feels so comfortable, you guys. And these dresses, I'm saying, they're athletically built. So, like, people can even, guys, again, they're meant for tennis, for any kind of physical activity. If you want to go for a run in them, if you want to play around, whenever you do your workout, your chosen, you know, method, yoga, whatever, they're great, guys. And it's literally called the exercise dress, Outdoor Voices. I mentioned it before. I don't care. It's really important. And I like this one, too, that I recently bought. So, I have a factor discount. So, they're phenomenal, guys, and I love, again, Jimmy and I mentioned, guys, woman-owned businesses. It's owned by a woman named Tyler Haney, and she's fantastic, and she was a young um, a young thing when she began her business, too. So, very Wait, does she still own it? I thought she left. Stop. Did she really? When, Jamie? Did this happen? When? Girl, they had, like, a whole controversy happen. Shit, when? Did I miss this? I did not know that. Like, a few months ago. Like, a while ago. She left. I think she left. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm dead serious. I'm so behind. This is WWD stuff, because I haven't looked on them in so long. No, this is, like, public knowledge. Jamie, okay, anything with – this is atrocious. Okay, this is not going on the air. No, I'm just kidding. We'll keep it for you guys to hear. Wait, I'm going to – okay, well, anyways, homework. Okay, but it was created by a woman, Jamie. Okay, anyways, that was the whole gist of it. Anyways, I'm sorry. Fact check it. I love that you said that because now I'm, like, damn. I, I got to go into my, like – I used to be still on top of news, guys. Now I'm so behind. Like, media news. Like, when I was working on a desk job, I was, like, researching news half the day and then making sales calls. Okay, my last little thing. Okay, yeah, last little thing right here. Jamie, we haven't discussed. Favorite TV show right now, guys. The Drew Barrymore Show. Have we discussed that Drew Barrymore has a TV show, talk show? Does nobody care about this? It's pretty good. I like Drew. I don't know. My family's a big fan of her. She's cute and funny, and she's very real and not afraid to, like, make fun of herself kind of thing, and I'm into that because I'm like, girl, you're real and legit, and it's good stuff. She had, like, the Charlie's Angels on her show. Um, Lucy and Cameron, she had a couple other, like, fun different guests. She had Christian Seriano on there. It's a great talk show, guys, and also, to me, fun fact, it's taking place in New York, and I feel like a lot of shows aren't in New York anymore, depending on, aside for, you know, kind of like the day, you know, except for the morning tennis. Like the Tonight shows, like all the late, late shows are on, or here in New York still. Yep, I'd say late, late shows in today's show kind of thing, right? Otherwise, I feel like it's like a yeah. And Wendy Williams. She's still, okay, is she still there? Yes, her studio near FIT. She's still there. Rachel Ray is still here, too. Rachel Ray, too. Yes, yes, yes. Anyways, guys, fun fact. So, I like that show lately. And, yeah, we've been watching it kind of at the house because it's just like, I don't know. Um, we also, side note, we used to love Ellen. But, again, there's enough controversy among her show right now. That's been a whole side thing. Ooh, ooh, the Ellen, the Ellen drama is juicy. Amy, have you read more about it? Because, like, I, my family and I have heard bits here and there. And I'm just, I'm the Cut had an updated article, I think, Friday. They had, like, a most recent one. Yeah. Dude, it's just hard to hear because, like, okay, now that I don't believe it, I'm just saying it's hard when it's, like, it's, it's hard, you know, guys, when you feel like, you know, Jamie and I guys mentioned previously about the Paris Hilton um, documentary here, and I both watched it recently. I think, guys, it's just crazy how you don't realize, maybe even just, like, I personally don't realize, sometimes you forget People, guys, again, especially on a TV show, movie, whatever kind of thing, whatever they're on, reality or whatnot, people, guys, in front of a camera can be totally different than behind a camera. And I think that's, like, easy to forget. You know what I mean? Jamie? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I've heard lots of stories from my God. mom's friend who works in the industry. Yes, 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 yes. Is that true? I, I think the Paris Hilton documentary is a very good insight into that. That's what I'm saying. But Jamie, wait, another cut had a thing about it. Oh, my God, I gotta look into this. Anyways, but yes, again, but I used to be an Ellen fan, like, of the show. Hello, but now it's like, dude, so many questionable things about, like, her staff behind the scenes and all these things. No bueno. So, no es bueno, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, again, guys, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just so, Jamie, kind of a cool guy's, you know, thing to anybody read and look and do your research on anything. You know what I mean? Because, like, so many things, guys, again, from politics, everything else right now, of course, one thing is totally different than maybe what you think it is. Again, public persona, guys. 
media, media trained, you know, they're making a lot of money to be this, but they're actually that. I don't know. Yeah. Or also Chris and I were saying that you don't realize a lot of these celebrities uh, behind the scenes are very lonely and just have people around them that will do whatever they want. I think you would, do you want to recommend it though you said? Because I think it's really cool. The YouTube. Yeah, I think it's a favorite of ours both this week. Uh, it's really interesting. It's what, maybe like, is it almost two hours long? It's pretty long. Fast though, I feel like. You thought, you thought it was, I thought it, I thought it like went by fast though. Yeah, it does go by fast. Um, I watched it really late at night. I think it's very interesting, especially because she was such an it person. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Kardashians came about and him you know worked for her it's it's really interesting and I think it also just gives you insight into someone's life who grew up in this very prestigious family and grew up with this family that tried to put on this perfect picture and then you learned actually her parents were like kind of like monsters towards her and her and her sister and her her siblings and um you know all of that like what happens when you come from a lot of money and then make a lot of money and um you know she kind of talks to you about having to reinvent herself from not being this dumb person to you know she wants to be a serious businesswoman so yeah it's really good and it's free it's on youtube that's that's the key guys because again guys you know jamie owns every or not own sorry jamie has accounts on every streaming site i don't and so when jamie told me it was youtube i was like ding ding ding, ding i have access <laughs> no but it's great i think jamie is cool i think because jamie what was it a while ago demi lovato did a thing on youtube too i think that's cool then yeah like two two years ago i think she had something come out yeah i remember we watched her talking about that too that was like pre-pod stuff but i'm saying yeah i just think it's cool guys again how like youtube i think is starting to do maybe some separate like releases of different people and maybe behind this, and i'm into it that's cool you know what i mean so i think guys again like maybe jamie a little, a little kind of tip again guys when jamie first told me about this and i was like intrigued but again guys like i hadn't thought about paris hilton in the longest time and i was never obsessed with her but i was like intrigued by her for sure and used to watch certain things she was in simple life a little bit here and there with her and nicole richie but just the fact that guys again like Jimmy, I think, again, I'm not sure about you, but you, like, A, after just everything she's gone through, I mean, I have respect for her now that I didn't, I never did before at all. Like, it's just, again, guys, there's so many things, again, I feel like you think she's one thing, and I think it's terrible the fact that she had to, like, shapeshift herself to, like, or to hide the fact that she's so smart, Jamie. It's like, dude, I know my family thinks I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, I'm not. That she's not a dumbass. <laughs> that. She's not a dumbass. She's very observant, and she thinks before like, she thinks of things before you can. Yeah. I, I also love Nikki. I love how Nikki's just a straight shooter. And it's like, what do you want in life? Stop ditzing around. Like, get your life together. I know. I love it. I love how you said that, too. But also, like, I love it. Dude, I never knew. I love it. She's just, like, she has her own, like, family and life and kids. Here she goes. She's, like, doing that right now. So it's just, like, you know. Yeah. She became, like, socialite mommy. Yes. But I feel like she's not, like, in the scene crazy right now, either. You know what I mean? Which is, like, healthy for she her. She kind of stopped. Like, yeah, she married a Rothschild, but... I don't feel like you don't see her like paparazzi or anything anymore. She's very quiet. I know. And I kind of like that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And also, I think, Jamie, also think, guys, the fact that we all have stuff from growing up that people, like, don't know about, which I think also was shown in the documentary. Celebrity. Jamie and I are not famous, guys, but everyone has in their past. And if you watch Real Housewives, Kyle Richards, of course, makes an appearance in it. Jamie, who's that? Who is he? She's parent. She's parent. It's a woman. Um. Kyle. She's Paris's aunt. She has like very long black hair. She kind of looks like Casey Musgraves. She looks like an older Casey Musgraves. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kyle. Kyle is the original Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. You told me that before, and I always saw her name. I know. Not only I'm, 
And, and she definitely used to ride off the fact that she was Paris Hilton's aunt, but she doesn't have to do that anymore. She created her own name. So. Well, good for her. Anyway, love Kyle. We'll link all these things to but stop. I love this. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, guys, you know, again, Jamie always gives the media guys so like little random media stuff, you know what I mean, on top of things. Plus the food guys and Yeah. Yeah, different like lifestyle supplies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another episode. I'm Krista. I'm Jamie. Bye guys. Bye guys.